Welcome to the Financial Coconut Podcast Network, the leading personal finance podcast network in Singapore. I'm your host, Reggie, aka Your Chief Financial Coconut, and every Monday you will be joining me, Eric Fung, and SG Budget Big Dawn on our weekly segment, Wise and Shine, where we leverage on the latest quirky happenings out there on the internet to answer many of your burning social and personal development questions. Yes, we're all sick and tired of talking about money, so welcome back to Wise and Shine. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Physical punishments to work. Sorry, that's not the house view. Uh. Sorry. Okay, yes, yes. Not, you not, triggered not, me. Not. Uh. Hey, no, sorry, sorry. Trigger cannot inhale you as well. Very stressed. Very stressed. Maybe, yeah. Order the Big Mac. Yeah, yeah. McFlurry. Oh, you're feeding his addiction. To Wise and Shine, I'm your host Reggie, aka Your Chief Financial Coconut, and I'm Dawn, SG Budget Babe. Today on set, we have a very special guest, uh, who is going to talk about. So we've been covering a lot of mental health topics on this show, um, and thanks to Mark, uh, who came up with the idea oh, of inviting an actual industry practitioner. Mm. Today we have. Um, so I'm Sandor. I'm a clinical psychologist by training, mm. uh, and I work. Uh, in the private practice with uh, Team Visions uh, and this is at Promises at Novena Medical Center. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we also have another guest. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> uh, I'm Mark and I'm the founder and CEO of uh, Rice Media and Blockhead. Uh, it's media publications based in Singapore. Yeah, and today we are going to tackle the big and complex question of addiction. Right At the end, I think the goal is not to answer any one particular question but to give you a little bit more uh, clarity around what does it mean you know, like, are you addicted to something? You know, like, how does it work for you? And is there a way to go about kind of like working through it? I'm not sure if mm. solving it is a is a great way to to mm. put it because I know I've got psychologists inside, right? When you have professionals, right, the term very important one, right? So so all those things are important, right? Unpacking yeah, it. Yeah, unpacking it, right? So yeah. so we will we will work with the best in class information, right? So so then we have a better discussion, right? But today's topic, we're essentially gonna unpack this idea of addiction, right? And help you better understand like are you coping with something? Is is something going on? And how do you go about uh, living a, a fuller life? La, I think. Mm-hmm. And this topic is important because um two reasons. Number one, all of us here on set, we all admitted before this that we each have our own addiction. I think secondly, um, the pandemic has really caused some of us to develop addictions to yeah. things that are not always co- co- ideal. Well, coping strategies that, you know, like uh, either have become addictions or, yeah, you exactly. know, or have the potential to, to blossom yeah. into yeah. an addiction. Blossom. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Doomsday scrolling. I'll, I'll confess first, like, um, I'm I'm addicted to chocolate. All my readers and followers know mm-hmm. that. Um, it's so bad that I, I gain weight very easily if I'm not watching and not careful about the chocolate that I eat. Um, and then also, I, I am addicted to social media in a, to a certain extent like I can 
you know, remove myself from it when I want to. Uh, and dramas, right? Not necessarily Netflix, but basically watching a drama. Um, I'm guilty of once I start, sometimes I cannot stop because, you know, script writers are too good. The climax is like, you can't stop after that episode because you need to go on the next episode due to how the climax has ended. And then you end up watching another episode and then you hit another climax and you just never stop. That's, so that's our work, right? Yeah, I <laughs> know, right? But our goal is to keep you around. not always ideal, yes, right? Yes. And I'm conscious that this is an addiction, uh, something that I need to work and manage. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah, you know, I share already, so come so and all share, be vulnerable. Okay, sure. Yeah, all must confess <laughs> okay, what's okay, your okay. addiction. I mean, if you follow the show enough, you will know that I have stress eating problems, right? So because I will like fei so 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 fei fei, right? It's it's a it's a it's a, <laughs> well, it's a, balloon, it's a ballooning <laughs> thing. Right? If you go and look at all the episodes, but but uh, stress eating is uh, my way of coping, and I'm vividly conscious about it, and I can trace back to when I was in my childhood. Right, in, in a situation where I wasn't allowed to really kind of like fight back whenever I was attacked, even at home, you know, I, and I cannot go out, you know, it's, it's like all the readily available methods of coping was kind of like taken away from me, you know, at home. So then I discovered the fridge, right? <laughs> so then, then it became like a bit by bit, bit by bit. So e- eventually till date, whenever I'm very stressful, you will see me buy an ice cream. Right, it's very easy to tell one. If I start eating a lot of sugary stuff, right, then you can straight away ask me, "Hey, you you very stressed, ah? Right, and I will tell you, yeah. Even though I may not understand what I'm going through, I can vividly tell that this is a situation. Well, I, I guess for me, it is. Uh, it's always been. I guess until a few a couple of years ago, it's always been like a nicotine addiction. I mean, I used to smoke, uh, uh quite heavily. Yeah, and then I quit. Uh, <clears throat> and I've quit a number of times for like a year, for years at a stretch. It is one of the hardest things to to stop. Uh, with, but I, I think that that actually really took me the, the whole route, right? I've tried everything from freaking hypnotherapy to pills, patches, everything, patches, gums, all that crap, lah. And then like you know, at the end of the day, you 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 just um, you know, so it even came to a point where I rebelled against it. It's like you know, like okay, I'm just going to smoke anywhere I want and then piss every sorry piss. You know, yeah, like, you just pissed me off. Pissed me <laughs> no, off. Yeah. Exactly. You know, so it's it's kind of like it, it's an interesting one because like at the end of the day, it is. I mean, if I'm being real with it, it is a drug addiction, right? But I think that there are a lot of misconceptions too, and I, I've done a lot of like kind of reading on this as well, like, you know, because you know trying to understand what was actually really driving me, right? There's definitely the lifestyle factors where you know, like you think that when you're stressed out, you need to go and smoke, but actually it doesn't really work out because it kind of increases your heart rate, makes you more stressed anyway. It doesn't mm-hmm. make sense. <laughs> <laughs> right yeah. on any level yeah our psychologist here got reactions like yeah yeah, yeah actually you know, yeah right, then, right, then, right then at the same time also like when, but then again but then again so then you unpack it when like okay so when, then what was the difference between nicotine and caffeine right I mean as a compound like even though you see these ads kind of like or what the media tells you it's being demonized like oh like you know you get a nicotine addiction right but physiologically it's the same as caffeine right you know, drink coffee increases my heart rate if I've, got a, if I've got a heart issue or high blood pressure then I shouldn't be drinking so much coffee it's the same thing right it's the, I guess it was just the the act of the mode of delivery, right? Like the the lighting up of the cigarette ritual. That whole part of it was a was a psychological addiction. I think yeah. also got a bit yeah. of medical base, uh, right? Because if you have a nicotine addiction, your odds of lung cancer increases. But if you have a caffeine addiction, is there anything that's not? That's I, I would I would actually disagree with that. Uh, that's that's actually not true. Uh, the thing about about a nicotine addiction, right? What actually causes lung cancer? Is the tar yes. in the cigarettes? Yes. The nicotine. Yeah, but alone, you have to get the nicotine from the cigarette, ma. But if it's you, if you chew, if you chew nicotine, if you chew nicotine gum, or wear a nicotine patch, you get uh, the same delivery, and that doesn't happen. So the, the the nicotine alone doesn't cause cancer. It is 
the tar and all of the other kind of like carbon monoxide and crap that you're kind of like breathing. Yeah. Or you vape, you know, mm. that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that, that, that is also like, so yeah, that, that's yeah, another yeah. whole other thing. Yeah, that's a whole other kind can, of we, we can get there later. So but then, there later. Yes, I, yes. It, was, it was actually one of those things that uh, it, took me, it took me a while uh, to, to, to deal with actually yeah so yeah. what the professional say yeah no stress ah, uh, no stress ah for me uh, what you want me yeah, to say like in your, terms your of your addiction oh, yeah. i i noticed that i i tend to go when i start something i can be quite obsessive mm-hmm. uh and i think uh whether it is with sports exercise whether it is uh with alcohol i, I did my studies overseas so obviously that came uh options of uh the availability of drugs mm-hmm. all this was um, something which I had to go through. I would say that luckily I come from a very conservative family, so I I wasn't exposed to it earlier on in my life. In some ways, I have to be grateful to my my parents and my parent and their parenting methods in terms of how they shielded me uh, from early exposure and allow my brain to develop as untainted as as long as possible <laughs> before mm-hmm. I eventually had these newer experiences new so 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 <laughs> neutral <laughs> uh, the words the words but coming guess, out so neutral yeah, I, I guess when, <laughs> it, when 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 uh, if i'm understanding this correctly it's like because you're you're more set in our ways as we're older already so it's we're less impressionable yes. yeah <clears throat> right and it's harder to make the imprint like kind of like yes because our brain is still developing uh and we know from research that our, our brain don't mature until age 25 so so I mean, there are others who mature. We all stop developing. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's actually research that says like the part of our brain that's responsible for decision making and rational, yeah. rationalizing. All these only develop in our mid to late twenties. Yeah. yeah, it's yeah. the reason why as parents, like, every time I yell at my kid, I'm like, no, 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 he's he's not capable yet. He's not in his twenties. Yes. Hold back, hold back. Yeah, it's one thing that I feel Sorry. we get it gets preached a lot in general. Physical punishment still works. <laughs> Sorry, that's not the house view. Uh. That's not the house view. Okay, I come from a I come from a very traumatic background okay. as a result of that. Okay, sorry, that's not sorry, sorry. Okay, yes, yes. triggered me. Yeah, and I'm sorry, sorry. Trigger cannot inhale use as well. Very stressed. Ah, this face. Ah, almost cannot use. Okay, but okay, okay. May, maybe all, yeah. Order the big Mac. Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah. Can you can you help us lay, lay out like what is an addiction? How do you define what is the clinical definition of it? Mm. I think the view that we can adopt from is from the American Society of Addiction Medicine, ASAM, mm. uh, or ASAM. Um, and basically they view it as a chronic condition, which is got to do with the brain's reward, motivation memory and related circuitry so you can see that it's not that there are some identification of specific uh, systems in our brain uh, which has been uh, implicated in the process and basically what we see is that individuals lose control or and or unable to sustain uh, a period of abstinence for example and whether this is really tagged along with a substance whether illicit substances or legal substances in nature so that's the substance aspect of it but this also can be attached to behaviors as well mm. so it's all can encompassing behavior so neutral right <laughs> so behavior, social oh, media I love that definition because it know. makes so much sense right whereby you're saying it is the chemical reaction that it triggers in your brain mm. but not just that because you can get a chemical reaction from having good sex Right, but you that doesn't mean you're addicted to sex because, like, what you say is the abstinence. Mm-hmm. Are you able you to function 
time without it. Yeah, it's not compulsive, yeah. right? So it's yeah. both things, right? Yeah, but but then a very question about this, right? Then would you say that all addictions kind of bad? So like, let's just say if you know I'm addicted to social media or like you know chocolate, like chocolate. But it you know I. I've eaten it every day, but I can sustain the habit and mm. there's no kind of like, you know, impact on my life, at least like what I can see, right? Mm. Why do I need to kind of deal with it? Even mm. though like, you know, it's like really, mm. yeah. I think it's a very good uh, point that you brought out about habits. Then the question would be, what's the difference between habit exactly. and addiction? Exactly. Yeah. What, mm, yeah. yeah. And yeah. and I know that there are a few uh, sharings earlier about uh, what uh, someone might be addicted to, uh, but I also do feel that uh, we don't want to take addiction too lightly. Um, because it is a serious degenerative uh, condition that somebody experienced. And you also talked about a little bit about morality and how that's thrown in the picture and social norms and so on and so forth. What's deemed okay versus not okay. So I think it's uh, a situation where, uh, yeah, sure, sure got contention one. <laughs> about but the clinical psychologist, how do you differentiate between what's a habit and addiction? And so like hmm. Reggie's addiction or his habit of turning to McFlurry when he's stressed. My habit of turning you to just chocolate. <laughs> you made it so comical, but please, I love it. Continue. Yeah, is that a habit or is that an addiction? He can't function yeah. without his McFlurry. And it's it is a, pain, right? Yes. yes, and it becomes painful. Yeah. Okay, and, and there are there, there is a certain period of time where I even get headaches for not consuming enough sugar. Mm. Right? So so I I that's why I can vividly know the difference. Mm. You know, and to me, the I mean, I come from a lay man. I'm a lay, huh? Okay, so don't don't judge me. <laughs> no, 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 so no I come from the lay lay person's view that, um, I have been through that kind of episodes where I can I just cannot function without it. I get physical, yes. you know, uh, manifestation. Right? I think that's the word, like, Physical manifestation where you feel pain in the brain. You 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 just withdrawal like, symptoms. Withdraw, yeah, withdrawal. Mm-hmm. The whole thing is withdrawal, and then and then you have to go back into it. And but over time, I learned to phase out of the withdrawal mm. right so i i learned i i mean i now go for a lot of these kind of things but i learned that okay maybe instead of taking the like super crazily sugary shit right then i will slowly converge into fruit juice and then i will start to do fruits and then i fade out of it so over time after the cycle keep repeating enough you know for blocks of months right then i learned to like self-solve yes. but you still eat a mcflurry now yeah, but I come in with a very different position. I come in with a clear clarity that this is a physical reaction. I know what's happening. So I have a third person's view at the top wow, to tell nice. me that I know what is happening. There is a problem here, right? So I use it as a physical reaction, as a physical signal to tell me that, hey, something bothering you. Lah. Take out your pen and paper, right? But I will not stop myself from eating it because it gives me comfort now now to continue to function, right? And so, I think that is a very high level of function, you know, yes. to, to get to that position. So that I know that I try to figure out what's the problem? What changed recently? And then I, if I can solve it, then this whole desire to eat sugar, right, just fades out. Mm. But in this case, then how how should we as normal individuals identify when what we have is just a habit yeah. or what we have is maybe an addiction that we need to go and get treatment for? I really want, like how Reggie explained it earlier because in some ways he talked about awareness and actually the addictive process takes away the person's ability to be aware of things. You'll hear people say it's a mental fog, uh, there's lacking of clarity and actually a detox period whether it's a diet detox or, or alcohol detox, it brought about some clarity in their, 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 their um, understanding of their behaviors. So I, I think uh, what I would say 
goes into an addiction is where there's that compulsive nature of it, mm. where it's, I don't know, I'm, it's just an emotional reaction. It's just, I feel compelled and sucked in, and pulled in to do something, even though it's against my values, even though I know it brings negative consequences, even though I want to stop it, I can't. Uh, and, mm. and then this is where I feel that, oh, somebody is really losing touch of themselves. Uh, they are not able to control their behavior. Sometimes I like to describe it in layman's terms, like the brain is just taking over, uh, regardless of how the rest of the body feels, how your close one feels, how your value is it in line or not. The brain just hijacks and just takes over. Mm. Um, but one thing which I want to say that, I mean, if somebody is trying to address the addiction, just tell somebody to stop a habit and see how difficult it is. No, no, that, that's actually really, uh, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, yeah. but I, I think that one of the things that I think it's extremely dangerous and because it's legal, I mean, aside from smoking, right, it's alcohol. There's a real difference between, okay, if let's just say people who drink, right, like not, but not alcoholics, right? If you, if you count the number of drinks, drink, drink units you have on a monthly basis, right? Uh, it's, it, it can be quite, like there, uh, there's a BBC documentary that, on this, right? But it can be quite shocking, you know? Like, uh, let's just say you, you, I only drink once a week. But if it's a Friday and Saturday thing, right? And you go out with your friends, right? It's easily five or six units per night, right? And then you kind of extrapolate that over a month, right? It's like 20 or 30 units of alcohol every month. But you don't think that it's an addiction, right? Mm. So what I mean by this is that how the, the, the part to kind of, I guess, to have clarity on or to try and get, right, is that awareness of when a habit, right, is on its way to becoming an addiction. Yeah. That part's always the most challenging part. La. So like, you know, like for me, it was because one of the things that I developed during the, the pandemic, right, and this is where like, you know, like, I guess a, a lead in from our previous convo about productivity and then remote working and then Zoom calls and everything, right, was that it was a lot easier for me to get away with, to deal with the yeah. afternoon crash, right? I'll, I'll have like a can of beer or like, you know, like a gin and tonic or something mm. like that, right? And it will be an everyday thing. Even though like, you know, I stopped going out altogether. So like, you know, it was just one or two drinks during the day, right? So now like things are kind of like coming back to normal, right? It's quite difficult for me not to have an afternoon drink, you know? It is quite difficult. Well, you never chill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying that I can't, I can't deal about it, right? But then like, let's just say if I'm not having any meetings and I am in my office or alone in my room, working from home, I can get away with it, what? Mm. There's no government, mm, mm. you know? Yeah. Well, take who, huh? Yeah. Like, right. Translate, huh? right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, so, so, so that, that, that to me is where it's, it's, it's like, uh, it's one of the things that, that has come up like, and, I'm, and, I, and I suspect that I'm not the only one. Like mm. when we look at what's happened during the pandemic, right? Yeah. Doesn't matter what, seven, even though 7-Eleven closes at 10.30, right? It's open during the day. You can go mm. on there and get it. <laughs> <laughs> That's an interesting one. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You know, what, yeah. are, what are some common addictions that you've seen become, uh, get, get on the rise during mm. the last few years because of the pandemic? I think the drinking one definitely went up. Really? Yeah. Because of the circuit breakers and stuff, in terms of drugs wise, uh, we know that operations were kind of affected because of circuit breakers and stuff from CMB. So um, not sure how that impacted, but also because it's difficult to meet out, go out of home, mm. uh, wear masks and everything. So not too clear about how the drug scene was. 
Um, but then the behavioral aspects really, I felt would go up because now you don't have to be in the office and have to be mindful of whether somebody is seeing you open your WhatsApp or checking out your social media. Now you're at home, you're in between meetings, um, you're in the comfort of uh, yourself and your family. And th this could lead to a lot of opportunities uh, for people to engage with activities which are confined to the home. I also do note that because of this circuit breaker measures, uh, socializing was really taken out of the pictures uh, in people's life. And so it left a void. So you need to fill it up. Mm. And I mean, you can't have physical socializing. Why not go digital mm. socializing? So that could have filled up a void. I also do know of uh, circuit breaker has been very stressful for people because everybody confined at home. Everybody have to do their work. Mm. Uh, it's true. And that could be uh, quite emotionally difficult for some individuals. And yeah. And with more emotions, what what do I need to help take my edge off mm -hmm. my emotions? And and whether it's a behavior, whether it's a substance, who knows? That could be some person's way to cope. How would you like, you know, in terms of just social media, behavioral addictions, especially social media being mm. one of them, right? Have you seen people with the... Uh, mm. and, yeah. and, and what is that? How, how does that manifest? Like, you know, like, a, do they have to, you know, I guess... In, if they, if, they, if they don't go on Instagram or they don't, if they get like 10 likes instead of 20, then they start, they start crying. <laughs> yeah, is there like a quantifiable <laughs> measure where you get <laughs> yeah. it? You don't like that. That's a serious topic. No, no, no. Is it, I'm just trying to understand like yeah. when it becomes a problem. Like, you know, like, for like yeah. how, how, how do they come to you and say like, okay, look, I've got a problem now. I think it's very hard, especially for those with those addictions which is not classified as a medical condition yet. Um, and I also can understand from those who are who are deciding whether it makes a diagnosis or not because you don't want to medicalize everything mm. uh, to chocolate to social media mm. everything then don't touch anything yeah, you know <laughs> so, so namaste <laughs> <laughs> like a monk I don't do anything <laughs> yeah so this is where I feel that uh, I, I come from an opinion where anything and everything can be addictive and um, anyone and everyone is at risk of addiction. And how do we decide that? Actually, I feel that it's hard for the individual to realize that for themselves because it, addiction don't happen overnight. Probably it was a legit solution to their problems in the beginning. And then just like any wonder drug, for example, oh, happy I can take, sad I also can take, sunny, rainy, any day I also can take. Then when there's more reasons to use it, then the regularity increase. And uh, over time, it becomes maybe something which is the norm. And sometimes it goes to the extent where this, even if this brought upon negative consequences, I don't know how to stop because this is my normal. Sometimes the individual is not able to have that insight or that clarity because they have lost it along the way. And so sometimes we like to make sure that when we want to talk about addiction, uh, at least how I try to do it is understand the addictive process not necessarily talk about it as an addiction because it can be quite, uh, that's not me. That's too serious. It's gone mm. too, too severe already. I'm not that. I'm definitely not that category. Uh, but so get, what is this process? This process, I feel, is losing the ability to make choices. Mm. For so example, many addictions, they start <clears throat> as a coping mechanism, mm -hmm. right? So when does it go from just being a coping mechanism to, like you said, the, that addictive process before it then becomes an addiction. So one way is to see how it has impacted somebody's life. Mm. So is that only the person's life or the ones around them I think, as well? Uh, initially would be both, I would feel. Um, but but I, I, I feel like, I honestly feel like if someone is 
at that level of addiction, right? Yeah. They got no family to care about people around. Yes. At least that, my, that, it was, that was where I was. I don't give a f- about anybody around yeah, but me. But we talk about the front end first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, and, but from a technical perspective, from a medical definition, right? Yeah. Then the people in front are not addicted. Yeah. They mm. just so, they just have if you want to They're going like, through de- the addictive yeah, yeah, process. De- if you want to demedicalize it, right? You can say they have very intense coping mechanism. You know? Yeah, so, but they're so not actually the you know, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, go, go. No, I was just gonna say that I think this is also maybe where the difficulty is, right? Because yeah. where you have very clear cut, like, you know, like serious public health risks, class A drugs, you know, then there's a uh a, 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 a policy in place where it's like, you know, um prohibition. Mm. Bam. Don't do it, right? And the treatment after that is clear. So maybe you get caught, you go to jail, then after rehab, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is Singapore way, right? But then when it's not, when it's vague, right? Like, you know, like behavioral hasn't mm-hmm. really like, you know, like could actually kind of compound mm-hmm. and might actually lead to other kinds of addictions down the road, right? Mm-hmm. The, the, the treatment, this is not regulated at the moment, right? Or there isn't a clear treatment process, right? Is that- what do you mean by clear treatment like, process? You know, like social media yeah, how addiction, you, for like, instance, How do you deal right? with something like that that is kind of new? How like is to, it effective? I like to think of it as, in some ways, let me see whether this is helpful. I do see more similarities between passion and addiction in terms of how somebody engages with their substance or their activity of choice. I think the key difference between the passion and addiction is one adds value to life and one takes away value from life. Mm. The pursuit the amount of time that you spend and everything, I mean, it's it's very hard to differentiate. That's actually a great perspective. No, yeah. I, mean, I, I mean, I get it, right? I mean, there's so many people addicted to the gym, you know, I really think they're addicted to the gym. They cannot function without the gym. You feel mm. a void mm. when, you're, when, you, when you don't go to the gym. But it adds value and, to their life. Yeah, so, so I, and I think, exactly, so, then, okay. so I think that's, yeah, you look good. But, but that is based on social definition, right? Because mm. what is the parameter of how you measure whether is it good or not, right? But we don't go there, right? Yeah. But but the idea, the idea is 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 here, like yeah. essentially, right? So in other words, we are saying that it's all a form of addiction. You know, it's just that some being classified as an addiction have a more negative, you know, uh, impact on your life, and, mm. and that's why they are safely classified mm. as an addiction. Whereas mm. many other things that you know, on some level are very passionate, yeah. very addictive, and you are actually addicted by the definition of addiction. But, you know, as a society, we do not consider them as an addiction. I like the barometer though, because if you then think of, let's say, like being addicted to dramas, right? Watching dramas. Then if you if we qualify it in this way, if watching drama helps you to de-stress and relax at the end of the day, it adds value to your life, mm-hmm. right? So it's not an addiction. But if you have to watch like three, four, five, six, seven hours whereby it now starts to eat into your sleep. sleep it and affects then, your functioning Yeah, your tomorrow, relationships with other people. It affects your ability to and, do household responsibilities. Uh, You're caring kind of for your a kids. a bit of an addiction. Yeah, because something's got to give, right? Yeah, and yeah. and I think, I think the key difference there which I'd like to point out is that somebody who's truly on moving along this, this trajectory of addiction they don't see that. Mm. They, they are not able to understand how much impact it has, negative impact in their life. And even if they wanted to stop, they can't. Whether it's because of withdrawals, it. whether it's craving. It's complex. Mm. Yeah. Do you think we're good at dealing with addiction in Singapore? From like, you know, I mean, a, a policy, public policy level. Or yeah, we're not a even, public policy yeah. podcast. Uh. No, not, not even. <laughs> uh, okay, maybe not, not policy level, but just in general, uh, you know, like, do you think we are the measures in place uh, there's a whole group of people here who cannot quit they know it's bad right what options do they have 
right? In terms of just treatment. Yeah. Right. Like what I mean is that in some scenarios, I feel as if like it's, it works, like, you know, like we, 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 are, we are treating addicts the right way here, right? But then in, in other types of addictions, right? I'm not sure whether we are, we actually have the right hmm. policies in place or the right treatment plans in place. But, but ultimately, yeah. can it be? Because I feel that yeah. we have been talking a lot about addiction, but let's say we flip the coin and ask about what is recovery then. Yeah. Because recovery, everybody talks about recovery, but recovery means a lot of different things to people. Mm-hmm. To be honest, I've been asking around what is recovery. Please define for me. And I haven't got a, a good answer. I myself can't define it per se, but I can recognize it. And maybe one way that I recognize things is uh, when somebody starts to take their own responsibility uh, to manage their own brain, for example, then because it's a brain condition, right? So it makes perfect sense and it's a chronic condition too, uh, characterized by relapses and remissions. So it, if somebody is understanding, like for example, somebody who has diabetes, same medical condition, and they take ownership of their own recovery, in terms of what their diet should look like, how their medical adherence should look like, what kind of exercises they should be doing, then clearly this person with diabetes, for example, which we can, we, we don't judge, right? We just see as it is, can either live a life which can allows him to climb Mount Everest as compared to somebody who has to visit the hospital very often. Mm. And I think in that light, I think it's easier to help people understand that there are policies that can be put in place, but probably is to safeguard people from from this slippery slope that might happen. Uh, But ultimately, these safeguards will not work for somebody who's really at the end of the spectrum because you can can throw a huge levy for them for gambling, but it won't prevent them from going. (laughs) 